It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. The biggest breaking news stories. An outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio. Good morning to you. It's Monday the 15th of May. You're watching Breakfast with me, Julia Hartley-Brewer, on Talk. Coming up, Britons will forget how to work as we become too dependent on foreign labour. That's what the Home Secretary, Swella Bradman, will warn in a speech today, adding pressure on Rishi Sunak to cut net migration. Set to hit, wait for it, one million this year. Meanwhile, Labour leader Keir Starmer is accused of plotting to rig future elections by giving millions of EU citizens the right to vote and lowering the voting age to 16. And Turkey's presidential election battle is neck and neck and looks set to go to a runoff in two weeks' time as President Erdogan faces a serious challenge after 20 years in power. 6.33 is the time. This is Talk Breakfast. Well, good morning to you. Thank you very much indeed for your company. Lots to talk about, as always. And joining me for all the chat is Sam Armstrong, who's from the Free Speech Union. Good morning to you. Good morning, Julia. No doubt at all. Migration, top of the agenda once again. I mean, there was NHS strikes. There's this Turkish presidential election battle. Looks like it's 50-50 and uh, maybe we'll go to this uh, second round. And we will come to that uh, later in the show. But uh, in terms of issues that are affecting everybody right now, immigration is a really big, serious issue, isn't it? And, And it's a particularly serious issue where it affects housing, education, ability to get a doctor's appointment, get on the NHS waiting list, uh, and indeed competition for jobs. And it's really interesting that um, Suella Braverman is uh, basically calling on Rishi Sunak to deliver the Tory manifesto today, uh, the promise to reduce net migration so that Britain doesn't forget, she says, how to do things for ourselves. Now, she's going to make a speech at the National Conservatism Conference today, arguing that it's not xenophobic to say that mass and rapid migration is unsustainable. Um, This, uh, as we say, we, we understand there's a cabinet split over the scale of immigration since the Brexit vote. Now, Brexit wasn't about necessarily cutting net migration. It was about 
us having control of it. So the, Brussels didn't have a, didn't get the final say on how many people came to live in our country. We had the final say. Um, that was what it was all about. And we may decide at times we might want more people from a particular country or different to work in a different field uh, than others. And we want sometimes we want fewer. I don't think anyone will have expected, though, after that 2016 vote and 2020, 2021 actually exiting the EU, that we would be seeing one million more people coming to live in this country in total over people leaving this country in the last year and doing the same again this year. These numbers are completely unsustainable, aren't they? Yeah, and never forget, of course, the Conservative Party has promised, promised to reduce net migration to £100,000. £100,000. Sorry, £100,000. Yeah, to under six figures. That was the the promise under David Cameron. But it was was an off-the-cuff remark by another minister, wasn't it? And then they stayed committed to it. But it stayed in the manifesto, and there's no doubt it was a difficult target, but they have missed it, not by a little bit, by Ten times. Yeah, yeah. There are now ten times as many migrants uh, as they were planning, but there are far, far fewer than ten times as many new houses, ten yeah. times as many new doctors, ten times as many new jobs for people to fill. And and the reality is, is that many people in this country feel, in my view, slightly justifiably, that in the process they are getting squeezed out. And you're absolutely right to say Brexit was about controlling migration and it wasn't necessarily about cutting it. But given that they've promised to cut it and that they now can control it, what gives? But this is the thing. There is a whole... Look... There's a whole issue in terms of the technocracy class, you know, this is a dinner party class, the, 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 the pro-EU lot, who are, and, and indeed learning in big business, who have the view of this whole citizen of nowhere, um, you know, no borders, anyone can come everywhere, and also a wonderfully non-stop cheap supply of whether it's cleaners, nannies, gardeners, dog walks or whatever for the, the, the wealthy, you know, North Londoners. Hello, I know a load of those people. Or it's for business, so fruit pickers, working in factories, the Amazon you know, warehouse, wherever it is, serving you your your Starbucks coffee or whatever it is, but just a whole string of just, you know, low paid, uh, relatively low skilled workers and brilliant. And then, you know, and especially when you had, say, Romanians and and others who would come to this country, uh, particularly sort of poorer, say from poorer um, uh, um, Eastern European countries, living, you know, three to a room in, in, in mixed accommodation and then sending money back, you know, great benefit to them in terms of the financial benefit they could give to their families back home. Not so much benefit to us under, you know, basically undercutting, you know, builders and, and, and other trades in this country from people who are homegrown. Now, now that might work for business where we are subsidising, not only we're subsidising people's low wages with housing benefit and, and working tax credits and child benefit and all of that. We're not building enough homes for these people to live in. We're not getting any new extra doctors or nurses or, or schools for their children to go to for their health care. We're not building extra road space for, for them to have their cars parked. I mean, we, we've got no extra infrastructure, but we've got a million extra people. We had what? Five, six million in total over the last, uh, you know, 10, 20 years. I mean, where do these people go? And at the same time, the pressure on British people who can't afford to buy a home, can't afford to have a family, or if they have a family, they're having one child, but they can't afford to have any more, even though they might desperately want two or three children. Even if they did want them or were trying for them, they, 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 they start too late because they couldn't get on the housing ladder until their late 30s. And um, the pressure, you know, the pressure on, on British people is immense, quite apart from the, I suppose, you know, the assimilation cultural issues of where are people coming from? 
Are they coming from countries where people arrive, they speak the language fluently, they, they, they share cultural values and norms about how women are treated, for instance, you know, attitudes towards mixed marriage, religion, gay people, whatever it is, but just generally sharing the current British social attitudes. And it is not the case that many of the rivals do. Yeah, and I really worry that it's a self fulfilling spiraling problem because here's what happens is we've got an aging population and we're continually told we've got labor shortages so we import millions of people a year which puts the pressure on young people stops them having families never forget the average woman in this country says she wants to have 2.3 children 2.3 children young women they are having 1.6 there are (laughs) 0.8 Per family. And it sounds weird. Those sort of stats always sound weird. That basically there are a load of women who would love to have two or three children who are only having one. That's absolutely right. And then, of course, in 20, 30 years time, we're only going to have an even worse labour shortage problem. By 2053, there will be only two people in the workforce for every one that's retired. That doesn't pay for a pension. And it doesn't pay when people are living for 30 years uh, longer after they've retired. So we'll only have to import more. But but we're constantly constantly told that's the answer. And I understand from people who worked in the Blair government, this was kind of part of the whole look. While while all the eco-greeny lunatics are all going on about how population, we're going to overload the planet. Actually, you know, anyone who's been paying attention knows for the last 10 years that actually we've been seeing population implosion. Countries like Japan, China, I mean, you know, our entire world economy is basically geared on the fact that there are more and more people being born and more and more consumption. And suddenly they're going to go like tuck back into a black hole where most European countries are going to see a dwindling population. And our, our elders and betters, the great technocratic leaders in the sky, seem to think that the solution to this is importing people from other cultures, other economies. Um, I, 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 I just The answer is we should be make, not encouraging. I don't want women to be told you need to have babies. I don't want to be in the handmaid's tale, for goodness sake. But making it possible. Don't shoulder young women and young men who don't, don't, don't want to settle down with, with university debt, um, with the inability to get on the housing ladder. People quite rightly say, well, I don't want to have a child until I've got my own home or I'm at least settled somewhere. Um, you know, job insecurity and, and wages that haven't kept track even before mad inflation of the last couple of years with where, you know, inflation has been going. It, we, we are, I mean, we are, we, all, we've got all of the wrong solutions. I mean, the solution to the problem is literally a bigger problem as opposed to why don't we just make it possible for the people who are here already to, to live a better life and to live the fulfilling life they want, which is to, you know, buy a home, you know, get a good job, get paid a decent wage so you can survive on it, have kids, maybe mum, usually mum, let's be honest, you know, wanting to stay home for a few years, being able to survive on one salary, paying your rent or your mortgage and having kids. And I, that's the life that people want. And instead, they've decided, no, no, we'll just bring in more people, but we won't build any more homes for them. So we make housing even more expensive. If you haven't got a chance of ever getting on the housing ladder, you know, in your 20s, 30s, maybe if you're lucky in your 40s, it's... what. Well, are the people in charge insane? That's my question. Look, I think the, the country's broken. And as you say, every single solution is co- that's coming up is making it worse. But culturally, this is going to have an effect yep. as well. Douglas Murray is also speaking at this conference today. And he, a few years ago, was derided oh. as a conspiracy theorist, yep. out there racist, beyond the pale, yep. for saying that culturally, we're going to see the death of European nations as we see them. We are going to see yep. such systemic changes that people will not be able to recognise the country that they were born in. And by that's the time not they because... Die. 
because that's not because you're going to see more dark brown faces. It's nothing to do with skin colour. It's nothing to do with race. It's to do with cultural um, values. It's to do with it's to do with um, I mean language and and it's to do with moral values and and democratic values. Europe didn't just happen. I mean British democracy didn't just happen out of the blue. When you look at what you know, people in Turkey would come onto Turkey in their elections. You're kind of fighting for their democracy. They've been a democracy longer than Spain has, for goodness sake. Um, you people forget. You know, most countries in Europe have been under fascist dictatorships at some point in living history. We haven't. We never have. And there's, you know, we had to fight. People, British people had to fight very hard to make sure that we, you know, we we've got the de- democratic you know, rights that we do have, which we happily gave away for a couple of years. But I just think it's really important that we keep a lot of those those values. And if you want to come and live in this country, we need to know for sure that you understand, accept and embrace those values. But but this is why it's ideological, Julia, because you and I sit here and we say Britain has excellent values. The West is the best place on earth to live. Of course it is. The people that are driving this policy believe that the West is the problem. Yeah. They believe that this is the consequence of imperialism. Yeah. They believe that we are evil. They believe that we are morally deficient, that we need correcting and that importing millions of people who, as you say, don't necessarily all share the same values as we do will help it will make the uk better yeah. because it will make it less british yeah. less free less democratic less rooted in a history well, I mean, of we know of, democracy is a bad thing because if you let people vote then they might vote for something you don't like like brexit or, or a tory government th- th- this policy is being delivered by technocrats that are trying only yeah. to deal with the next figures but, quarters but it's been driven by those that hate this country but, but and yet we've had 13 years of a conservative government yeah, and it, it feels bizarre to see the the Home Secretary of this country on the front page of a newspaper calling out legal migration figures. It feels odd. This is yeah, very surprising. That's it. Forget your forget your forty five, fifty, sixty thousand migrants on channel boats. No, no, these are these are people coming here legally. I mean, students bringing their families. In some cases, four, five, six people, and the like. But it, but it's all totally legal. But again. When did we all say, yeah, that's a good idea? So much to talk about. I want to hear from you, though, as Home Secretary Suella Braverman has said that uh, in a speech, well, will say in a speech today, that Britons will forget how to work as we become too dependent on foreign labour. I want to know what your reaction is. Get in touch. Tweet me at Talk TV. Text the word Talk to 87222. This is Talk Breakfast. The biggest breaking news stories an outspoken opinion. The Breakfast Briefing with Julia Hartley Brewer on Talk Radio.